Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. On this week's episode, we are talking with Skip Platt, who is a certified human upgrade coach, and he's going to explain to us what that means. So check it out. This is Mike, and um, I would love to introduce to you, again, we're going to, on the last episode, we, we kind of ignored Andy, because you guys know Andy. That's right. So I'm, uh, I'm old news. I was a quiet Andy. Uh, <laughs> um, so we're going to introduce Skip Platt, and as I mentioned earlier, he is a certified human upgrade coach who helps people all over the nation get unstuck. Skip helps clients achieve their goals related to health and wellness. Uh, weight loss, nutrition, peak performance, recovery, anxiety and stress, sleep, parenting, we should talk, mindset, energy, <laughs> and much more. Um, he suffered a crushing knee injury um, while training to be on the Obstacle Course show, American Ninja Warrior. Yes, you heard that right. He used proper nutrition, mindset, and many other tools to recover in record time to compete on the show the following year. After countless friends and family inquired about his advice, he decided to leave a successful 15-year career in sales to pursue a certification as a human upgrade coach, which is the best of a life coach, health and wellness coach, and nutritionist combined. He now helps clients all over the nation get unstuck. Skip also speaks to and trains organizations and companies on how to master stress, perform optimally, and be resilient having recently spoken to the FBI at their headquarters in Washington, D.C. Dang. Welcome to the show, Skip. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Um, well, uh, That was a heck of an intro. I know, right? <laughs> like, I'm a little intimidated right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I started to just tell you, just say I'm a husband, father, and ninja, and leave it at that. <laughs> that makes it more simple, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the other's way cooler. It's <laughs> so much cooler. Um, so, so, Skip, let's just, let's just get this out of the way right in front because I know everybody wants to know what the heck was being on American Ninja Warrior like? So it was an incredible experience. Um, It's a community like no other I've ever been a part of or seen. The ninja community is, is what we call it. And so it's really like another family. And when you're competing on the show, it's not me versus the other guy or the other gal. It's us versus the course. Right. And That's so awesome. you have people cheering you on and you are cheering other people on. Um, so it was an unbelievable experience for me personally. It was a very fast experience because I went out <laughs> on the second obstacle um, and it was, I felt like a crash test dummy. One of the producers said it was one of the best falls he'd ever seen on the show <laughs> at the time, which was, you know, if you're going to be remembered for something, if you're yeah. going to go, go all out, right? Your mark. Yeah. So um, it was unbelievable. Uh, that was season eight when I competed, competed in Atlanta. And so that was what, three seasons ago. They just finished filming season 11. Now I've tried every year since then. I haven't got the call back, but I am so wanting redemption. So hopefully I'm going to get called. Uh, yes. 
Michael's going to do my next video, so it's definitely going to happen then. <laughs> the yeah. angles alone will. Get I imagine it. fireworks, <laughs> explosions. Yeah, because it's you know it's a TV show first and foremost. Right, right. There just happens to be very very cool obstacles there. Yeah. So it's all about camera angles, production, all of that, and so that's kind of what you don't think about when you're watching the show, mm-hmm. but it's very present when you're there filming. You know, it's all filmed through the night. A lot of people don't realize that. So you get a number when you're there of the people that they've chosen and you your run may not be till 3, 4 a.m. Wow. after sitting there all night. <laughs> and so it's very difficult and it's it's lights, camera, action, go. You've not practiced anything. You you have no idea what's gonna be there until you get there. So it's 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 like one shot and when your shot's over, it's over for the next you know, for the, until the next year. Wow. So in preparation, yeah. you're just basically, you're, you're mastering different types of skills that are, have the potential to show up on the scores. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, if you've seen the show, grip strength is, is mm. paramount. Yeah. A lot of rock climbers do really well on the show, but also agility, balance, you know, sometimes that can take you out if you overestimate it in a heartbeat. You know, the only guy that's ever won the show and won a million dollars, Isaac Caldiero, that was season seven. Uh, when he came back, I think it was last year, he fell on a balance obstacle during the city qualifiers. And so the guy that has won it all fell on a, on a balance obstacle. So you, you can never underestimate Gotta little things like that. Yeah, yeah very wow. well rounded. I personally have a crazy respect for it. People used to tell me all the time, like, hey, because I was the only one in my big box gym doing anything on BOSU balls or anything, you yeah. know, relative. And they'd be like, man, you should try that Ninja Warrior show. And uh, I didn't, I was always kind of thought in the back of my mind, like, I bet I could do pretty decent. And then I went to a trampoline park with a uh, buddy's <laughs> daughter one time that had like some very, very beginner level stuff. And it humbled me like oh, really, yeah. really, yeah, really yeah. quick. I was not, I had never really trained for grip strength. I'd done a ton of balance uh, in core work for water sports, but in that application, I mean, it, I did horrible. Yeah. So I definitely it's, have a huge respect for it. It's definitely humbling. I, I do a backyard workout. I've got a, kind of an elaborate course in my backyard. It's almost like Muscle Beach in Santa Monica. It's very impressive. Yeah. I've yeah. seen it. Appreciate yeah. it. And, um, you know, it's just word of mouth. People show up. We did a workout the 4th of July, and we had 21 people show up. Wow. So it was just amazing. And, and it's that kind of experience where people have maybe seen my videos on social media or whatnot, and then they come. They say, oh, my gosh, you make this look so much easier right. than it is. Um, but it's a journey, just like anything, just like when you come to F45 or any other gym, whatever people do, it's a journey and a process and you've got to be patient with the process. And over time, usually pretty quickly, you're going to improve. And that's, that's the key is kind of getting your ego out of the way Mm -hmm. and just showing up, doing your best and being patient with the process. Yeah. That's with all things. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we we covered your Ninja Warrior yeah, topic. So that you I'll were just, just shut so up eager now. To have. I'll sit <laughs> but no, um, you know what we'd love to talk with Skip about today is just his approach to human performance is absolutely amazing. Uh, me and Skip met. It's probably been a few years now, maybe a couple yeah. of years. I'm I have like I always say I have zero perception of time. That's one of my <laughs> downfalls. It could have been last week. No, just kidding. Yeah. But he really opened my mind. At the time, I had just kind of started researching intermittent fasting and then even extended fasting. He really opened my eyes on that, um, the role that light plays in health and longevity. A ton of nutrition um, stuff, especially 
uh, your approach to seasonal nutrition and eating things that are in season, which makes so much sense when you think about it. But in today's society, we don't care. Um, right. And I still, you know, even having available, the knowledge, I still right. don't follow that protocol, but I do, I am, you know, thoughtful of it. Um, and then we talked about so many cold showers. I mean, you name it. Um, circadian rhythm, grounding to the earth. We'll, we'll just dive into all those topics. But uh, he really was one of the first people that I met with that started to shape my mindset from just a an aesthetic or, you know, a little bit performance-based fitness approach to longevity and overall wellness. Like, not only do I want to have a six-pack, I want to live into my hundreds and I want to feel good. I don't want to have lower back pain, like inflammation, live in a constant state of stress. So thank you for that, first and foremost. Yeah, but absolutely. also, like, that's something that I feel like all of our listeners can benefit from um, and that oftentimes probably isn't spoken about the way that you do. Absolutely. And that's, that's so important in regards to aging, you know, and this goes into mindset as well. You know, what we're used to as a society, what we're used to seeing is, and we even have language that speaks to it over the hill, right? Yeah. It's all (laughs) downhill from here. Um, All this language and that's what we're used to seeing in the elderly is, is this slow decline where everything's miserable and we're complaining all the time and whatnot. It's intensified in the deep South. Oh, hundred percent. Super yeah. intensified. And that's not the way it should be, you know, as a, as a functional, highly performing human being, we should age really well, kind of more of a flat line or a very, very slow, hardly noticeable decline. And then we just die mm-hmm. where we're used to just this, seemingly never ending slope of decline after for some after they're 30 you know, right. 40. absolutely and that's what a miserable way to to exist absolutely. right and Just so that's kind of why ride your time out no, yeah and that's that. that's really one of the reasons i dug into human performance human optimization became a human upgrade coach is because not only myself but all the people i'm i'm around and encounter feel like there's this untapped potential or there's, you know, and this could be with stress, anxiety, sleep, performance in the gym and in life, your blood markers, you know, there's even on blood markers, let's talk about that. For instance, you've got this acceptable reference range of vitamin D per se, Mm -hmm. or any other marker. And so most of your doctors that you go to, if you're within that range or testosterone, you're good, you're totally fine. (laughs) But that you may not feel fine. Right. There's this optimal level where if you can take things to that or uncover that, it's a game changer. And that's what I really like digging into. And that's how I'm wired. Like if I can upgrade in any area of my life, I'm about it. Like I tell people all the time, me and Michael have referred to it in past podcasts. Like we are, we feel like inside these walls at F45, we're literally creating a new species of the human being because these people come in and they have all of these, you know, it could be issues that they're dealing with from a, a mental aspect, emotional or physical. And you fast forward six, 12 months and you, they don't even remember their old self. Yeah. So we're all about that. I personally am all about moving the needle any way that I can. And that's why I do a ton of crazy things to that, you know, person who's not necessarily thinking in that uh, perspective, but I'm all about it. Yeah. Sk- I'm, oh, go on. I'm with you there. Um, the crazy things, you know, that prevents boredom which is key, keeps you in the game. Mm-hmm. 
And again, we're back to trusting the process, being patient with yourself. I'll tell you a quick story. One guy that started joining me for the backyard workout um, probably five years ago, he could barely do a pull-up when he first started coming. And just, you know, he didn't come every time we had it, but Mm -hmm. perpetually, consistently, over time, I've got a 25-foot rope climb that we do, and he climbs it arms only now. Wow. 25 foot. And for any of the listeners who have never done a legless rope climb, it's, <laughs> it's gnarly. It is, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I actually fell on a legless rope climb once. Oh my gosh. I, well, I I fell from about probably the seven or eight foot mark, landed right on my tailbone. Thought oh. I shattered my tailbone, but I was still holding on to the rope and I got rope burn on my, my hands were literally raw. I'll never forget. Jeez. It was at Murphy High School. We had it tied <laughs> around a tree with my friend Hayden Whetstone. <laughs> Who's a actually an Army Ranger now? So shout out to Hayden Whetstone. There you go, freakish, you go. freakish athlete. But anyways, Skip, I have a question. Does your business card say Human Upgrade Coach? It does. That can we just take a moment to take that in and appreciate? <laughs> Who doesn't want to upgrade? That, you I know mean, what that mean? just sounds so epic. Like <laughs> think about it like this: like our society, like do you want to upgrade your car? Yes. Oh, absolutely. You want to upgrade your house? Yes. <laughs> you want to upgrade your cell phone? Yes. These are all well, who assets want to be? that we're going to replace right. multiple times throughout our life. Like, do you want to upgrade yourself? Mm, I got to think about that one. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, that's, no that's what we neglect the most. We right. neglect ourselves the most. And I, I see it day in and day out where, you know, you'll spend money and time on all these other things. The examples you just gave, but we don't take time for ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. And who doesn't want to be the best version, the most optimized version of themselves? Absolutely. Every, and every single human being on the face of this earth, we've talked about this, wants that. They want to improve. They believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today, or at least you know down the road, mm-hmm. or else they wouldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Whether they want to admit it or not, deep down inside, there is a desire to progress. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you wouldn't get out of bed. You wouldn't wake up every morning. It's true. So an endless, an endless <laughs> number of clients for Skip. Like his, his potential is astronomical. Every single person on earth could benefit from his services. Absolutely. Shameless plug. <laughs> well, let's, let's dive into a few topics that we can provide value for the listeners. Things that you've already taught me, we've already had in conversation, um, but the average person might not think about. I would say probably the one that jumped out the most um, was the role of light and how that affects health. Yeah. Yeah, so I can. I have to try not to make this a two-hour spill. There you go. <laughs> you can dive deep. Let's dive into light. So, um, you know, you, you and I believe in creation, but regardless, mm-hmm. if someone you know believes in evolution, whatever, right. that's fine. You know, in the Bible, what was the first thing God created? Light. light. Okay, and light is far more important than food. So, but again, regardless, what do you find in nature? You find a particular full spectrum light via the sun, and that light programs everything. So foods grow via photosynthesis. Mm -hmm. That's a light program. And the way I like to think about it is it has kind of a barcode on food. And so depending on where that food grows or, or grew, it has a certain program that's built into it based on the UV spectrum in that location. And so when you eat that particular food, when your body, your mitochondria, which we can go into, that's kind of deep, but... Um, Michael's jaw is on the ground, by the way, for all the listeners who can't <laughs> see it. So 
that program is kind of unleashed when you digest that. And so you're sending a particular signal to your body via light. So that's, that's just kind of uh, scratching the surface, so right. to speak. Um, so our bodies have a, a certain rhythm. It's called a circadian rhythm or uh, clock, if you will. Right, an internal body clock, clock yeah, for absolutely. people who aren't and so nerds like us. <laughs> we're, we're sending a signal through the light that we receive via the sun, through our eyes, on our skin, or the, all the artificial suns that we have in our world. Mm-hmm. The indoor lighting, our phone screen, computer, all these things send a certain signal that can either send chaos, known as inflammation in the body, or it can lead you to optimal health. Um, so that's, without going for an hour, that's kind of the surface level of light, right. and we can dive into whatever you guys want to from there. Yeah, and that's, a lot of this is what has led to my, you know, past episodes on sleep, things of that nature, talking about why we have cutoff times. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't want to signal our body, hey, it's time to go, wake up, whenever the sun has gone down. Um, one thing that really jumped out about light that, honestly, like, I feel like you should just work this into your schedule for peace and enjoying the beauty of this earth but you know standing grounded on the ground with your bare feet and watching the sunrise and sunset you really got me on that trend for a while and at different anytime that I can do it I do it I wish it were every day I'd be lying on the podcast right now if I said it was but there's just so there's it's such an experience and when you think about our ancestors like this is what they were doing daily absolutely it, it makes so much sense yeah let's talk about that for a second so the importance of that, and this is something listeners can do immediately to improve their health, and it's completely free. What? Is, yeah. Yeah. Is first thing in the morning, walk outside barefoot, look in the direction of the sunrise, and see the sunrise every day. So what does that do? Number one, that programs all those internal clocks, mm-hmm. sets the cycle that we should have based on our location of the earth. Mm-hmm. And so that particular spectrum that you're receiving through your eyes does a number of things. Number one is it causes your pituitary gland to produce, produce, produce melatonin. Mm-hmm. We all know melatonin. We've heard of that as the sleep hormone. Some people take it and are very dependent on taking it yes. before bed to help them sleep. And that's a, that's a bad call to right. do that. So um, anything your body makes endogenously within itself when you take it exogenously outside, you're causing a mismatch. Right, and, and telling your body, hey, take a vacation. Exactly, you don't need exactly. To make that. So instead of taking melatonin to help us sleep, if we just see the sunrise every morning consistently, that's when our brain produces the melatonin that's gonna help us sleep the following night. Mm-hmm. So melatonin is produced and generated in the morning. Melatonin is activated in the evening in pitch through black, right? darkness exactly so I remember our conversation yeah. hey I have, I have a question so do you need to be outside or is it just you know like i'm sitting at home on my couch and well there's the sun it's coming up or going down outside with the naked eye so i okay. wear contacts so unfiltered unfiltered you know even through a window that's filtering mm-hmm. and altering that spectrum and bare feet on the earth right? yeah you know, we've, we've hopefully heard of the term grounding. That's what that is. And so that is 
kind of discharging all these foreign fields that we have in our environment through signals and Wi-Fi and, you know, the list goes on and on. And so the more you can connect to the earth, again, you brought up our ancestors. Mm -hmm. They were always connected to the earth, right? Right. We live such a disconnected life from the earth. We're very rarely outside. Uh, We're used to all these climate controlled environments and we don't experience the true seasons of hot and cold. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we can talk about cold therapy as well at some point, but all those things are important. And so, you know, sometimes I, I talk to people about what it is I do, and I feel like it's teaching humans how to be human again. Again, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Reversing the societal time clock. I mean, every, and you were probably the first one that got me thinking in that manner. I mean, I'd, I'd kind of followed a semi-paleo approach and understood like why I was eating the way I was. And, but as far as like slowing down and just thinking, okay, First off, just evaluating lifespans and how that has changed over the years. We know that our ancestors were living longer back in the day. What factors changed, right? Obviously, a ridiculous amount of stress that we endure. But all those things that got me thinking, okay, it's really simple. When you're making life decisions, health decisions, we just did an episode uh, called Simplifying Fitness. And it was like, look, just think about whether or not this is going to positively or negatively impact your health in most likely you can think, okay, is this something man-made? Is this something artificial that we've created? Is this a processed food or did this food come from the earth? Did it have a mother? What, yeah. what criteria qualifies something for moving the needle in the right direction or the wrong direction? And really you can simplify it by thinking, what, did, what do I think our ancestors did? Absolutely. What, what got us here as a civilization and what is the most natural, what has passed through the least amount of modification? Right. And all, all those things change and cycle throughout the seasons and year round. You know, one, one of the ways I like to explain optimal <laughs> diet and nutrition, you know, there's so many fad diets out there that Golly. people get caught up on. And, uh, you know, if, if a particular diet worked, there wouldn't be, you know, hundreds, thousands of new diet books right. that come out every year, but they continually come out every year. Right. And it's missing a large part of the equation. And that equation connects back to light. And so the way I tend to explain it for coaching clients, if we're working on weight loss or proper nutrition, is that it should cycle based on the season. So if you've heard of the ketogenic diet, which is high fat, low carb, that's a fad in and of itself, Mm -hmm. you should naturally be the most ketogenic December 21st. That's the winter... uh, Solstice? Solstice. 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 Yeah. I get them confused. Equinox, solstice. Yeah. So that's the winter solstice. That's when we have the least UV in our environment, right? And so that's when carbs don't grow. Right. Yet we can go to the grocery store and buy a pint of strawberries on December 21st Absolutely. and eat them. But when you do that, that sends a mismatch because of the light that that strawberry was grown in. Right. And so the more mismatch that we send through the food that we eat that causes inflammation, fat retention or fat gain. And so that's when you should be the most ketogenic. Mm -hmm. When you can quote unquote get away with the most amount of carbs is the polar opposite, June 21st, which we just had. Which this always stood out to me and whenever we had our first conversation together was that, you know, naturally from a fitness mindset, we always think bulk in the winter, shred in the summer, then it was like it completely flipped that for me. And it's like you th- even getting back to thinking about ancestors, leaner in those winter months, eat whenever you, when the eating's good, eat. 
we're totally the opposite because yeah. of beach season and all right. of these things. It's just absolutely crazy to wrap your mind around, but it makes so much sense. It does. And, you know, that's we're in that time of year. We're, we're starting to come out of it. Uh, but June 21st, around those two weeks around that date, is when I eat the most junk food <laughs> crap that I give into my cravings. That's mm-hmm. when I do it. Because as long as I'm outside a lot, connected to the earth, then I can, again, quote unquote, get away with those kind of things. Like I think I had an ice cream sandwich every day for two <laughs> weeks around that time period. And my physique doesn't really suffer much from that right. because I'm outside, connected to the earth, in the sun a lot. Um, and we can talk about the importance of sunlight and a lot of the myths that are out there as well. But, um, you know, if, if you're overweight, you have fat to lose, then there's no sense in you eating junk food, processed food, right. even if you can get away with it more. So right. I say that not to give people an excuse to right. you know, binge <laughs> this eat is not This is not a garbage. free pass. Exactly, exactly. So uh, it's still very important. And that causes a detriment even to my body. You know, that sends mm-hmm. a, a bad signal and causes inflammation. Even if I can, again, quote unquote, get away right. with it, that's still not optimal. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, what about um, cold therapy? What about uh, we t- we talked about cold showers, which I yeah and every day crazy yeah I'm kind of a psycho about it. <laughs> um, that's why I didn't. <laughs> funny story. We're we're actually recording this podcast in the Spring Hill studio. The hot water heater was out for like a week in the Spring Hill studio. It wasn't out. Um, it's an electric water heater, and we had a lightning strike or something that tripped the breaker. Well, none of my members said anything about experiencing cold showers. And then I finally approached one when I realized when somebody said something, I said, hey, dude, you were showering all week and you didn't say anything about it. He's like, well, man, I know that you shower here too. So I, I just assumed that it was broken and y'all were working on it. I didn't want to be a, a bother. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I take ice cold showers. So I don't know the difference. <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me like, I don't know if I trust this guy anymore. <laughs> but what are, what are all of the benefits of cold therapy it doesn't have to be a cold shower but that that's the most convenient for me what are yeah. your benefits and strategies so uh, some of the listeners may be familiar with wim hof so wim hof is this big uh they call I'm him the ice man <laughs> never heard of wim hof uh-huh. so he's known as the ice man definitely look him up okay. really cool stuff um very well known for cold exposure and the benefits of it um he really works on breath work throughout the cold exposure um, and the breath is the remote to the brain is one of the things that he says. So is he trying to like slow his breathing to lower his heart rate during that cold he, session? What's his He strategy? does a particular breath work that really is akin to hyperventilation. Okay. So it can be kind of dangerous. You don't want to do it un- unsupervised, especially mm-hmm. if you're in, you know, any cold water of depth. Right. And so, right. but that's, that's kind of his claim to fame, but. I just mentioned that because uh, some people may be familiar with him gotcha. and his work, but the benefits of cold therapy are quite vast. So when, with body fat, you have two types of body fat, uh, white adipose tissue, which is what is problematic and leads to disease and weight gain, and then brown adipose tissue, which is known as brown fat. And so this brown fat has... It's a lot more dense with mitochondria, which we haven't really talked about what mitochondria is. You may remember it from the powerhouse high of the school. cell. Yeah, it's the powerhouse <laughs> of the cell. So we can get it. The get only into thing mitochondria. I retained from grade school, right? <laughs> right. So 
this brown adipose tissue full of mitochondria actually helps burn the white fat. So the more that you can convert or the more brown fat that you have, mm-hmm. you're uh, an epic fat burner, which is what we all want to be. Absolutely. And Who so, doesn't want to burn more fat? Right? <laughs> Show of hands? All right, there's yeah. no hands. There's only three of us in here, but no hands went up. Right. <laughs> so cold therapy converts the white to brown. And so the more you can embrace cold therapy, and again, you know, our ancestors, we were used to being cold at right. times and right. seasons. Um, and I know you've talked about sleeping in a cold environment. That's mm-hmm. very important. So the more you can get comfortable with the cold and use the breath to kind of calm your, your monkey brain down, then the benefits are, are paramount. Less stress and anxiety. It deepens sleep. It turns you into an epic fat burner, which we just talked about. Um, all these things, it enhances your, your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we can, or, or we can maybe do it on a different podcast, but in terms of the science, what that actually does inside of your mitochondria is, is pretty epic, but that's probably over a lot of heads. We may not yeah. <laughs> dive into that right now. If anybody wants to dive deep, shoot us an email and we'll do a follow-up just on that. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll just touch on it real yeah. quick. So, the mitochondria, you mentioned, it's known as the powerhouses of the cell. So this is kind of the root, the core of everything. The mitochondria has what's known as an electron chain transport. And so this is how our energy is produced. So the input to the mitochondria is electrons. So again, back to food, back to light, all these things. There is no protein input. There is no carb or fat input. It's electrons. So this is why I said earlier in the podcast, light is far more important than food because through light, we get electrons. Through the food that we eat, it is converted to electrons first and foremost and then powers our mitochondria to produce energy, to burn fat, to prevent or reverse disease. And that's where the magic happens, so to speak. Um, And so cold therapy enhances this electron process, um, again, without going super deep, <laughs> um, to, to ba- basically optimize your mitochondria. Right. Yeah. Right. So even on a cellular level, and that was one thing that really, uh, I know that you were the first person that ever got me thinking about that was like, okay, what are these big macro health decisions doing on a small microcellular level, like yeah. breaking it down to the science? Because even though I had been moving from it, into more of a functional longevity mindset with health, I still was at the time still had a little bit of lunk bodybuilder in me. Like I just care about aesthetics, right? right. Like I got to eat five cups of white rice post-workout if I want to, you know, maximize my gains. So, um, that I, and there's a ton of things cellular. I think that leads into this next topic I want to talk about that we can cover with the listeners is fasting and how that, A, you know, affects your metabolic rate and things of that nature, um, inflammation, all that, but also like on a cellular level, cell autophagy, and we're literally killing cancer cells. Do you want to dive in on that a little bit? Yeah, we can. And and really all these things, everything that you just mentioned, we're we're really flipping the conventional paradigm on its head. You know, you and I uh, kind of being into fitness for quite some time, like throughout high school, college, Mm -hmm. there's all these beliefs 
Six meals a day. Yeah, absolutely. First thing when you wake up, you got to fire that metabolism up, Skip. <laughs> exactly. And then every three hours after that, or else you're going to be burning through muscle. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I in college, I packed my cooler. I had my six meals prepped. Same. In between classes, <laughs> I'd run out to my truck and sit and eat my my meal. You yeah. know? Same. <laughs> and how exhausting is that? Oh, I mean, it's when ridiculous. I think about I get anxiety just thinking about so, that. Yeah. So fasting was is definitely a game changer for me. And I, yeah, we'll talk about some of the benefits of that. Before we move on from the cold therapy, I'll just share, share a quick yeah. story. So one of the key, key takeaways that we've already given for listeners is walk outside barefoot first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. see the sunrise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, get your light environment dialed in. We talked about that. So what are you trying to do with your light environment? You're trying to replicate what you see in the pattern of the sun. So, uh, you know, and there's, we can talk about blue blocking glasses Mm -hmm. and apps on the phone and things that you can do. Sure. That's kind of over and above, but you want to replicate what you see in the sun. So when the sun is setting, that's when in our home, we turn all the lights and screens off or down. I have the Himalayan pink uh, sea salt lamps yeah, that go on. Got one in my room. I've got red bulbs in the lights that we do have on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, that's kind of what you're wanting to replicate, the the light, the spectrums that you see in the sunrise and sunset. And so high noon, if we want to turn some lights on, that's when we're going to do it. Right. Um, so You also are... talked me into buying blackout curtains back in the day. I oh, remember. yeah. They're, they're incredible. Total they? game changer. <laughs> yeah. Total game changer. You sleep so much deeper. Um, and so those are the key takeaways thus far. And before we move on from cold, you know, get comfortable being cold. And so what are, what are the ways you can kind of step that up? Starting with ending your shower on cold. And so maybe that starts for just 10 seconds. That's right. fine. It did for me. Yeah. Start with 10 <laughs> seconds, then go to 30, then uh, a minute, then maybe completely cold shower the entire time. Um, that's moving the needle. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, maybe you want to dive into an ice bath. Yeah. And so that submersion is over and above far better. But whatever you can do wherever you are, start there. Again, just like anything we've talked about through fitness, all of this, it's a journey right. and a process, and it's about moving the needle. It's not Steps about Steps in perfection. the right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one quick story I wanted to share with the cold therapy and how beneficial that is. I had a female client that I worked with recently that was just through conversation, man, if I could only lose 30 pounds, I'd feel so much better. And this is a gal that despises working out. You're not going to get her into a gym. And so I said, look, if you do exactly what I tell you to do, and let's walk through this coaching journey, I guarantee you, you'll lose 30 pounds in 60 days. And the biggest component to that was a daily ice bath. Which is crazy. Yeah. So that was tough. Every day. Super hard, but... She didn't have to work out, so this was kind of a trade she was willing to make. Right. And, you know, we did it. I mean, it was like 27, 28 pounds, almost 30 pounds right. in 60 days with no working out. Now, we can talk about did she, you know, what did she not gain by not working out? Well, she didn't get it stronger. Right. She didn't work on mobility issues. Right. So she didn't become a, a, a functionally more powerful, better human being right. that you would get from doing some workouts um but you know i met her where she was and she did decrease body fat which is moving the needle absolutely a healthier lifestyle absolutely so let's move on to fasting okay the question you asked so my favorite topic yeah fasting is a game changer for a lot of people now one little caveat it's not for everyone Mm -hmm. uh females in particular 
tend to not do great on perpetual fasting. Mm -hmm. So as if, as if you're a female listener, this is not something you want to do day in and day out forever. Right. It can mess with, you know, you have your different hormone cycles and different hormones all together. And so you want to support that. So female co coaching clients that I work with, if we employ some type of fasting or intermittent fasting, we're going to do that three to five days a week tops, mm -hmm. not seven days for months on end. Right. And so that's one thing that's important to note. But males in particular do tremendous Game on changer. fasting, intermittent fasting. You can do intermittent fasting, which I know you've talked about before on previous episodes with different windows mm -hmm. of time. And that can be helpful. You can do different multi-day fasts. My PR, so to speak, is a seven-day, seven-day water-only fast. Which is nuts. It's very intense. But <laughs> And, you, you know, you've talked about this before on previous episodes. The clarity that you gain, I mean, it's just... It's euphoric. It's, yeah. I've only done a 30, close to 36, um, but I can't lie on the podcast, I was sick. <laughs> uh, so already... If, I just, I just, takes, I just right? want to stop you right there. If ever we need the truth out of Andy and he's not giving it to us, we just, we just need to put you on the podcast. <laughs> I uh, well, because I have this huge fear of someone <laughs> approaching me in public and replaying something and saying, you're a walking contradiction. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I am. If I learn something down the road, I'll be the first to tell you like, yeah, I didn't know what I was talking about back then. Or I've learned this since. But even then, I was on the back it wasn't like a severe sickness so i it initially started out as that but as it kept going i was like well i'm already right at 22 hours <laughs> right, so right. i might as well see how far i can roll this out and the mental clarity and the self-healing benefits of it it is an absolute game changer you Same. have a huge mental block to overcome even to do 16 8 window daily like i do intermittent fasting in the beginning it is, you know, it is going to take some adaptation. Definitely. But once you get through it, man, like I can't, I still can't wrap my head around a seven day, but maybe a 48, maybe. And, and a quick disclaimer for anybody who is listening to this and is thinking about fasting, consult a health or medical <laughs> professional before you do this because it Absolutely. could really affect if your health. If you're on a, some medications require food consumption Absolutely. with it. That's normal. That's oftentimes the biggest one that I see. I'm like, hey, you don't need, <laughs> don't go taking a handful of pills in the morning on an empty stomach. Right, like, talk right, to your doctor. Right, so right. there are a ton Absolutely. of exceptions. And you know, I don't. I'm not one to get all my health info from a, a documentary or anything. But I will mention. Um, I think this is on Amazon Prime Video. It's a pretty boring but fascinating uh, documentary on fasting. It's called The Science of Fasting. So okay. people can check that out. I know what I'm um, doing tonight or during this yeah. tropical storm we're fixing to experience. So it, one of the examples it gives in this documentary is chemo patients, patients that are on cancer therapy. You know, the, their doctors highly recommended eating before their next treatment. And one gal that shows in the documentary in particular believed about the benefits of fasting. And so she went a different route and fasted before every treatment. And her results were far different. She wow. had much more energy after the treatment than mm -hmm. if she had been quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. And so some of the research and the N equals one kind of examples that you find are pretty remarkable on fasting. And let's, let's connect this full circle back to light. So there's a guy uh, listeners can check out called Sachin Panda. And he has a remarkable, he's got an Indian accent. So some of, some of it's hard to... He has a really good episode with Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um, if any of our listeners listen to Joe Rogan experience that they, I mean, that was the first time I heard 
from him and it was mind-blowing absolutely so uh, there's a youtube video or ted talk i can't remember which, which one where he talks about um their circadian rhythm mm-hmm. in regards to fasting as well so the two are very well connected right so again the circadian rhythm is a sleep clock we talked about that earlier so in this study that he did with i believe rats in the beginning mm-hmm. that he talks about he basically condensed their eating window. So uh, another key takeaway for listeners is, hey, what's a good starting point? What can I try? What can I experiment with? Condensing your eating window. Mm-hmm. That'd be a first step. So it can be, hey, I'm going to eat whatever my diet is or nutrition mm-hmm. within a six-hour window or an eight-hour window. And if that's during daylight, that's preferable. Right. Um, and so that's kind of a first step that they can take condensing the eating window so the study that he did just quick notes and you can check it out for yourself is he actually gave the rats that didn't have a particular window very very healthy food he gave the rats that had a condensed eating window junk mm-hmm. equivalent of you know high fructose corn syrup coke what you know whatever all the gms <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but their markers actually improved more than the people that had an unrestricted window, yeah, not people, the mouse, um, wow. and so that was fascinating. To Absolutely, me. and that's also that study <clears throat> is what got a lot of um, your medical and science-based uh, health gurus on board with the trendy thing of like, it doesn't matter what you eat; it's when you eat it. And there's so many opinions of like, well, yeah, just if you just change your window and it's like, well, the input's still bad and let's fast forward down, you know, the road. But I agree, like it is crazy the metabolic effects of how just condensing that matters. And that's why anytime someone approaches me, you know, I have people that, clients that come to me all the time and say, I'm all in, like, what all do we need to change? And if there's someone that's interested in intermittent fasting, I say, okay, well, let's do our window. Let's try to do a 16-8 or... However, even just 12 and 12, just to start, whatever. And I'll say, okay, well, like, what all, do I need to go, like, keto in that window or whatever? I'm like, get used to the window first. Right. uh, Then we'll dial the needle in on what. Absolutely. But first and foremost, if we change too many variables at once, we're going to set you up for failure. Definitely. And And this is something that I also do with a seasonal approach. During the winter, I'll do what's known as kind of a reverse intermittent fast where I'm going to have breakfast because the sun's up. And when the sun's setting at like 4 p.m., I'm dialing my last meal down at, you know, maybe 3 You're 3 moving p.m. your window. Wow. And so that way I'm not consuming anything. Once the sun set. When it's dark. Exactly. You are so countercultural. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. This is awesome. I like that because I love breakfast. I can't wait till winter now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I hate to do this, but I think we need to start wrapping it up. Um, so, what are how many how many key takeaways do you want? Let's stick with three. Three always three? works. Let's say let's do <laughs> this. We, we've talked about a lot today. Yes, and also before we do the three key takeaways, mm-hmm. even though Michael's over here pointing at his clock. <laughs> I mean, it's your, it all, it's your gym. You decide. Fasting, <laughs> fasting ties back into this ancestral mindset. Mm-hmm. When we were hunter-gatherers, do you think that they ate every three hours six meals a day? No. Like, especially when people argue extended fasts, they're like, that's not healthy. Or, you know, you could die from that. You could, technically, if we want to get scientific. You could also die by walking across the street to your car. But our ancestors, when they killed something... They ate like kings. 
when they didn't find a deer, they might go seven days without eating. Like our bodies are so well designed to adapt to our scenarios and our environments that that just ties back into that thinking of, okay, did my ancestors do this? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. My ancestors definitely had chocolate cake. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you have to tell yourself, Michael. All right, so three, let's say, um, Skip, what would be the three most practical, easy first steps for someone to move the needle in their health from a human performance kind of point of view, things that they can do in their daily life that are easily achievable? If you probably had to give your first three, or maybe it's with clients that you talk to every day that say, where do I start? What are the probably the first, let's say three things, or if you have more, then you can go for it. Um, let's try to keep it at least under 10. But the first steps. Yeah, so so definitely see the sunrise barefoot first thing in the morning every day. Mm-hmm. Setting that clock, having the melatonin, because we know how important sleep is. You've had right. episodes on sleep, vitally important. This is something that's going to enhance that and right. deepen it. So. Um, controlling your light environment. We can just say that, kind of sum it all up into that because that. Right. There's a lot in that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is something, you know, we haven't really talked about parenting much. I have a six year old boy and this is a habit that I've gotten him into. He's known ever since he was two, we go outside and see the sun every morning. Which that's is That's so just cool. what we do. Really and I this, think that's so I mean, awesome. This morning, just like every other morning, we walk outside together and we're barefoot and we see the sunrise mm-hmm. and it may be for a minute or it may be for 15 minutes, just right. depending on what time we'll allow. And so setting that habit and teaching him what that does and the importance of it to me is huge. Right. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's number one, light environment, get your light environment right. Number two, we didn't really talk about this, but I'm going to throw this out there deal a lot with clients on this is learning to manage the story in your head. Self-talk. Self-talk, mindset, um, controlling that is huge because we all have this kind of self-image or concept of what kind of person we are, what kind of driver we are, um, how well I can do a particular move in the gym. Mm -hmm. I know you see that day in and day out. People probably count themselves out before they ever even try. Right. It, I think our human natural inclination is to lie to yourself. Absolutely. To tell a false story. And we all have our inner critic, our, you know, for me, I have the perfectionist that shows up from time to time. And so learning to kind of recognize that and right. see it for what it is and call it what it is allows you the freedom to then choose. Right. Self-awareness is so huge in Absolutely. all aspects of life. That's what gives you a choice where in our day-to-day lives, when we can't stop and actually notice it because we're so caught up in going through the motions and getting responsibilities done, that story can just take us and have its way with us. So Absolutely. To speak. I or think that we just down. found a part two. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, so that's two. Number three, there's 15 other things going around in my mind. Um, maybe experiment with fasting, you know, yeah. um, condense your eating window and get back to learning what it's like to be a human again. Right. I, th- I tell people just try it, you know? I think that we have a far majority of our population that can't remember the last time they were hungry. 
did their tummy growl a little because they had to work late? <laughs> yeah, that might have. But yeah. I am a full believer in experiencing all the emotions, good and bad. Like, I want to have days where I have tens, but I also want to have days where I have threes so that I not only appreciate the tens, but I see the progression and I learn how to self-recognize that and work on that with what I have, the resources I have. That's why, you know, it's not, you know, hidden knowledge that I'm not a very big proponent of medication, especially medication right. that puts you at a seven. Because what kind of life is a seven? You Definitely. need those. Eyes. Same thing with hunger being an emotion. You need to feel that because you need to know it not only helps you with your gratitude of, wow, I, I have food. There are people on the other side of this planet that don't have this. But it also makes you more mindful when you're consuming it, which is a huge part of the health equation. Yeah. So I think that even if even if it's not a, I don't care if you say I 100% am not gonna move to a fasting model. Just try it for a day. See yeah. what it feels like to be hungry. And I'll give you a quick tip. Um, and this is very helpful on those multi-day fasts. And so if you go past your what was it 36 hours? Yeah. And yeah. So, um, is sea salt. I was about to say sodium so, was something yeah. that I did not do that I learned That's after huge. I did that. Yeah, it really yeah. curbs the hunger when you have that during right. a long fast. Um, you know, Himalayan pink sea salt or Celtic mm-hmm. or Celtic, however you say it, sea salt. Just, uh, you know, a pinch on the tongue or mixed in some water that you're drinking right. really helps with those little hunger pangs that tend to come up. Absolutely. And I'm we learning can, Maybe sodium. on a future episode, we can talk about, you know, you're talking about whether you're at a seven or a 10 or whatnot about uh, ways to track. Like there's so many different tracking Absolutely. technologies, tracking your sleep, tracking your performance and all those things. You know, I have this ring. I don't know if you've seen That's this, right. but it's called an aura ring uh, for listeners. So there's a lot of ways that, you know, yeah, we're talking about getting back to being human again. And so a lot of that's kind of becoming more basic with what we found in nature and with our ancestors. But there's a lot of the cool technology too that really helps enhance human performance. So right. maybe we we'll talk about that. There's next definitely going to be a part yeah. two. There has. I to mean, be. he's teased it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Skip, thanks so much for jumping on the show. Where can our listeners follow you, or if they are interested in some human performance coaching, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? So, social media: Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can find me Skip Platt, S K I P P L A T T. Um, SkipPlatt.com. There's a little learn more button you can drop an email there as well and um yeah just reach out happy to connect with anyone thanks for having me guys you guys are doing some great work here i've loved uh hearing previous podcasts and so thanks yeah enjoy being here thanks we have to and we will drop all that information in the show notes to make it easily accessible until next time Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Team Train Life Change podcast. Look, we thrive off of your feedback. If you love the show, let us know. If you didn't love the show, let us know how we could do a better job. And most importantly, make sure that you are subscribed to the show. We're on iTunes for all Apple users and we're on Simplecast for any other device. It is also very important that you leave us a review on our show that actually has words in the description because those are the only ones that count. Thanks.